Good to be here this morning. Good to see you guys. I know um, half, of, half of our people, or it looks like more than that, are gone. Thankful for you guys being here this morning, that we get to talk about spiritual gifts and, and continue in our series there. Uh, so if you're just joining us this morning, we've been in a gift series uh, called Charisma, where we're just going through all the spiritual gifts in the scriptures, and we're, we're taking each week to explain two of them and talk about them in the life of our church. Uh, this morning we're talking about the apostolic gifting and the mercy gifting. Now, if you've, uh, if you've grown up in church, the apostolic gifting is something we don't talk about a whole lot. Um, and if you've grown up in a conservative church, you're like, oh wait, weren't the apostles, weren't the apostles, didn't that gifting die with the apostles? Like there were apostles. So this morning, I just want to make the distinction. We're not talking about the office of the apostle, okay? So uh, we're not talking about like, if you have the apostolic gifting, you are an apostle. The scriptures define apostles as those who spent time with Jesus, who you can see this in Acts chapter one and two, those who were with Jesus, who were there in his ministry, those are the apostles. So the office of the apostle, um, when, uh, when, when they weren't with Jesus anymore, that, that office kind of went away. But the gifting is still very much alive today. And that's what we're talking about today, the, the apostolic gifting and the mercy gifting. Um, actually, last week, or, or maybe it was two weeks ago now, I spoke at the girls' school. So every Tuesday at the girls' school, they go to a classical Christian school on the West End in the city. And every, every week they have a chapel. And uh, I was asked to speak for this chapel, uh, but they, and their, their school was really cool. Each, each month, they give, uh, they want to emphasize a specific character trait for the kids. So one month, it could be love. One month, it, it could be giving. Uh, this month was compassionate hearts. And uh, when I told Missy that, <laughs> like, she's already laughing. When I told Missy, my wife, when I told her that I was uh, speaking in chapel, she asked what the topic was. I said, well, they asked me to speak on compassionate hearts. She started laughing. And she had this look like, is there another topic they can give you? <laughs> because that's not your strongest suit. <laughs> and I was thinking, this is actually why I should speak on this topic, because now God is going to teach me something that I can give to the kids. Um, and then... Of course, today, I'm talking about mercy, which is, uh, the Bible calls compassion. <laughs> Why are you raising your hand? <laughs> yeah, he said he planned it this way. Um, so, uh, now talking about mercy, which the Bible also calls compassion, okay? Um, so, it actually went really well, talked at the girls' school, uh, but I'll, I'll get to that a little bit later. Um, you know, Matthew chapter 13 is a whole bunch of parables. So Simon and I have been reading through Matthew, and Matthew is, is just, it's a, great, it's a great book. It shows you who Jesus is. It just, all we are looking through, we're, we have the lens of just seeing who Jesus is and how he ministers to others. And Matthew chapter 13 is all, it's just a string of parables. So if, you've, if you're familiar with the church, if you've grown up uh, in the church, you know, you know the parable of the sower, that's in there. The parable of the weeds, that's in there. And he talks about the kingdom of heaven. It's, it's like a mustard seed. It's like the, a pearl of great price or great value. It's, uh, the kingdom of heaven is like a net. The kingdom of heaven is, is um, 
like a, a, a hidden treasure. And then he ends with this one parable, and he says, he says this. Uh, well, right before this, he says, do you guys understand all these things? He's talking to his disciples. He's like, do you guys get all this? And they say yes. And he says, therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. And when I read that, well, it was like I'd read it for the first time. I probably read Matthew, uh, you know, a handful of times. Um, but when I read that, I was like, I've never seen that before. What, is, what does that mean? Um, and I, as I read it over and over again, I realized that this is actually the key to all the parables that Jesus has just, has just given. And this is the key to us living out in our spiritual gifts. So this is the point of this series for us as a church. We want you guys, we want all of us to be activated in our spiritual gifts, okay? That's how we're going to be the church. That's how we're actually going to be followers of Jesus. That's how we're actually going to impact this city. That's how we're actually going to know our identity in Christ, our destiny in Christ. That's how we're going to influence our city and the world is through knowing who God has created us as and what he's given to us. And here, Jesus says the key to the kingdom is this. When you've been trained, and he says every scribe there, scribes in, in the New Testament weren't just people who, when we think of scribe, we think of people who wrote things down. They were the ones, the copiers of the text, of the scriptures. But guess what? If you're copying the scriptures all day, then you actually probably know the scriptures pretty well in your heart. So they were actually also the teachers of the scriptures. Uh, oh my gosh. Hey, Wendy. I'm sorry to point you out like that. I'm so happy to see you. <laughs> um, so... Uh, what was I saying? <laughs> scribes. Thank you. So, scribes, they, they were actually the, also the teachers of, of the scriptures as well. So he's saying, when you've been trained for the kingdom, he's talking about being a disciple of, of the kingdom of, of, of the king. He says, you're like a master of the house. Picture your house as, as this, yourself, okay? He says, you're actually like a master of yourself. You have confidence. You know who you are in Christ. You know your destiny in Christ. And when you do that, you're able to bring out of your treasure what God's given you, what is old, and also what he's given you that's new. Okay? These are spiritual gifts. When you become a follower of Jesus, the Spirit empowers you with certain things. And this is what we want you guys to recognize as we go through this series. We've talked about the leadership gift. We've talked about the serving gift. Helps. Uh, last week, we talked about prophecy and tongues. Uh, this week, we're talking about the apostolic gift and mercy. And we try to pair them in, in certain ways. You'll see how this develops throughout the sermon. And this is the key. We get to bring out of our treasure, as a master of, of this house, what is new and what is old to give to others. Okay? That's the beauty of spiritual gifts. And that's our prayer for you guys. And actually, for us, like I'm, I'm, this is my prayer for me, too, um, as we go through this series, that I would discover um, God would confirm and affirm me in my giftings, okay? And we want that for you guys through this series. So this is just a key passage to get us into that mentality, that we want you to be equipped this morning through the apostolic and the mercy gifting. So let's look at, let's look at this passage in Hebrews. Um, this beautiful passage that shows Jesus having both of these giftings, okay? He has both the apostolic gift and he, and he has the mercy gift. Hebrews 3 was on the apostolic. It actually calls Jesus an apostle. 
Hebrews 4 is on him as the great high priest, the mercy gifting, okay? So there's, there's three characteristics of the apostolic that I want you to see in chapter 3 here. And, and this is all about Jesus, so we're just going to see Jesus through this. The, the first characteristic of, of Jesus is that, and I love this, this phrase, uh, this, this nomenclature, uh, is that he's a dream awakener. I said last week, um, I think I said this last week, but anyways, I've, I have a, I have a uh, friend who uses this term. He says, as a dream awakener, that's how you're, you're actually living out the apostolic gifting. So if we see in verse 1 here, he says, he says, you share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession. And so the apostolic, the one who's gifted in that way, is able to help people identify their calling. They're able to help people uh, realize their dreams and awaken those dreams in people in a way where they see uh, that they can do something more for the kingdom, okay? This, this person um, can see something in you that maybe you can't see in yourself, all right? And that's what Jesus, that's what Jesus does for us. When our identity is rooted in Christ, um, he puts us in the context of our heavenly calling and our confession. Now, we don't have those things apart from the Spirit's work in us, okay? Jesus as, as we're drawn to Jesus, that's what, that's what the Spirit gives us. So that's the first thing. Uh, the second characteristic is, is uh, faith, is faithful. We see this, this word repeated four times in six verses. So just in these six verses, that phrase is repeated four different times. That Jesus and Moses as well, that they're faithful. That they're, and when I say faithful... You know, when we think of faithful, we, we often we, we just go straight to obedience. But think of faithful in terms of full of faith. I know that sounds very, very element, ele, elementary and basic and foundational, but, I mean, just think of someone who's full of faith, who's, who's overflowing with it. And that's when obedience happens, but let's not get, get there yet. Just think of someone who is full of this faith. And that's what, that's what uh, this word is really describing. So the apostolic person is going to be full of faith. They're a person who's, who's, yeah, they see things in you that you don't see in yourself, but they see things in the church and in the kingdom of God that when, when you hear them talk about the kingdom, you're like, yeah, I want some of that. And you're encouraged by their faith. Like, it's, in, it's infectious. Okay, and that's, that's what's, what's talking about with Moses here. Moses isn't, you see Moses in Exodus, and he's not this, He's not this great leader. Um, at least he doesn't think he is. He, he thinks he's got uh, speech issues. He's, he's scared to, to go before Pharaoh. He's, he's like, who are you going to send with me? Can my brother come with me? <laughs> I mean, it sounds, pretty, it sounds pretty lame. He's like, hey, can, can my brother come? How about my sister? Can, can they come too? And, and Moses is very insecure and unsure of himself. But what he has is faith, and God puts this in him. He's full of faith, and he's recognized for that here. And, and Jesus is, is talked about that in, in the same way. He's full of faith. So this is the second characteristic. Third characteristic one you see is that it's this phrase that's used a couple times in, in chapter 3 here is that the, the one who's gifted apostolically is also a house builder. 
So Jesus is described here as someone who is building the house. In verse 4, it says, For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. And Christ is faithful over God's house as a son. Uh, Daniel told me this week that Eddie Leo talks about the apostolic in this way. He says that the, the one who, who's gifted that way, they, they see the blueprints for the house. They're the architect. Here Hebrews would say they're, they're the house builder. They're the ones who, who over and they, and they can see how things go together. They can manage uh, a lot at one time and they see the, the bigger picture of the house. Okay? Um, so those are three characteristics of those who are apostolic. Uh, so, and Jesus here is the prime example of that. But the question is for you, well, how do you know if that's you? How do you know if, if that's how you're gifted? Uh, so here's a few questions. Uh, one, are you able to see, are you able to help others see and live out their calling? Okay, we talked about how Jesus does that for us. If you can see others' giftings and put them in the right spot to live out their calling in Christ, then maybe you're gifted apostolically. Second one is, are you inclined to take initiative or start new things? The one who's gifted that way, they can't, they can't sit still. When they, see, when they see something, they want to take initiative and they want to start something to fix it. Or they want to, they want to push something forward. Uh, the, the apostles in the scriptures are always pushing the church forward. They're pushing the church out. Uh, they're, they're ushering in the kingdom. They, they want to reveal the kingdom to the world. So uh, initiative and start new things. The third one, do you have a deep desire to see the kingdom of God advanced? Okay, you may, you may have initiative, okay, um, but does that initiative communicate itself into the kingdom? Do you have a deep desire to see that initiative in the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God to be advanced? Okay, and the fourth one is, are you able to see the big picture and lead multiple things simultaneously. Okay, this is what we talked about when, in the architect and in the house builder, where they, they, can, they can lead multiple things simultaneously, you know, juggle a bunch of plates, um, but then also make some tough decisions as well. We see the apostles doing that in the book of Acts. They make a lot of tough decisions that, that actually determine the trajectory of where the church heads and where the church goes. So that's, that's how you would know if you're gifted apostolically. If you look, look through all those, I would say if, if you're like, uh, you know, I, three or four of those, uh, then you might be gifted apostolically. And that's something maybe you should pursue more and press into a little bit more. Um, now let's go to the mercy gift. So the mercy gift is chapter four. It's that passage Teresa read beautifully in chapter four of Jesus being the great high priest. And a couple things on the mercy gift. It, it sounds weird to call mercy a gift because two things. One, as followers of Jesus, we're all called to be merciful. This is, this is uh, the Beatitudes. This is Matthew 5. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Um, we see this all through the New Testament. We're supposed to show mercy as followers of Jesus. If there's anyone in this world who should be the most merciful, it should be followers of Jesus. Why? It's because we've experienced the most mercy. Okay? So, in one sense, we're all, this is all of us. Okay? Um, and then the church. The church is also, uh, First Peter talks about how the church 
mercy, compassion is one of the defining characteristics of the church. Sympathy, understanding, these are, these are defining characteristics of the church as a whole. So then, the mercy gift is, is something more than that, okay? It's like, we'll talk about the giving gift a little later. Like, we're all supposed to be generous and, and give, but the giving gift is something more than that. Um, it's a perspective. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a view. It's, it's something that God has put in you to, um, to build up the body of Christ in this way. So, so let's, let's talk about what the characteristics are of this. Like I said before, um, mercy is... It sounds better when I call it mercy, but when you think of it as compassion too, <laughs> compassion is, is my least gift. What do you want to call it? Like, I don't have a lot of it. Um, uh, and I don't need a test to tell me that. You know, there's these spiritual, there's these spiritual gift tests. Um, I hate all the mercy questions on the spiritual gift test. Uh, and I always score really low on those spiritual gifts tests. I took one this week just to see if mercy was still low for me. And it's the last one. Um, I didn't need a test to tell me that. Uh, it, it's just there. Um, Missy can, can tell you that. Uh, but here's the thing. Because of that, I've actually been praying for this gifting in my life for the past, I don't know, a lot of years. Um, I've, I'm like, I don't have it. Uh, but I want it. And I've been praying, I've been praying for more compassion, more, more mercy from God uh, for a number of years. And this might shock you, but it actually wasn't until two years ago that I felt true empathy for somebody, or I felt like I did. Um, and that's a pastor talking. <laughs> uh, so, and I share that because I don't want you to be, be discouraged if you lack this gifting, okay? Um, especially when I said, we should all have this. I don't want you to feel like, oh, am I a follower of Jesus because I don't have this? Uh, this? When I talk about this, remember, this is an extra something. Now, like I said, we are supposed to be merciful and compassionate. That's who we are as followers of Jesus. So if that is an issue in your life, do what I do and pray for it. Pray that God would show you how to be this way, okay? Um, so here we go. Three characteristics of the person with a mercy gift. The first one is uh, interceder slash mediator. It says that Jesus is our great high priest, which means he intercedes for us, which means he mediates between, uh, between God the Father and us, right? We don't need, this is why we don't need to go through a priest for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus is our high priest. He has made the way and he intercedes on our behalf. He's the mediator for us. Uh, he makes peace, the Bible says, between us and God. Uh, so the, uh, sorry, I lost my, okay, here, here's the passage. Uh, the, the second one is uh, sympathy slash empathy. Um, so sympathy and empathy, the, the difference is, so it says here that Jesus is able to sympathize with our weaknesses. Uh, sympathy is, is the feeling you have when you, when you um, share someone's pain or struggle or trials or sufferings. Okay, so it says Jesus has this. It says he is, he's not a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but he's one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. And that's empathy. Empathy is the ability 
to sympathize, okay? Sympathy is, our, that's the feelings of, sympathy, th those are the feelings of empathy, all right? That's, that's the difference. So when you hear people use those, they can be used interchangeably. This passage says Jesus has both of those. He's able to sympathize with our weaknesses, our struggles, our fears, our, our trials, our temptation, our sufferings, uh, and that's because he has a tremendous amount of empathy, okay? Because he's been through everything we've been through, and he's equipped to do that. The person with the mercy gift can do these two things. And then the third thing is um, they're trusted. Verse 16 here in uh, Hebrews chapter 4 says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So we can do this with confidence because we know Jesus is our interceder, our mediator. He has the utmost sympathy, uh, perfect empathy. We know we can trust him, okay? He's epitomizing here the mercy gift for us. And I don't know if we've said this, I'm sure we've said this somewhere in the series already, but Jesus epitomizes all these spiritual gifts, okay? That's why he's called the apostle in, in Hebrews 3. That's why he's called the great high priest in Hebrews 4. Because he has all these gifts. That's why, first, that's why Peter uses him as the example of leadership in 1 Peter. Uh, this, this is why he's called the suffering servant. Uh, because he's exemplifying these gifts for us. Okay, So each week we're going to show you how Jesus does this. Uh, how Jesus shows us how to live out in these giftings. So the cool thing is Jesus has both of these. All right? Um, now, most of us don't have both of these. Uh, we don't have all the giftings. Um, I probably have like 19 out of 20 of them. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, we don't have all these, and we, we, can't, we can't fully live this out uh, unless we're in the Spirit, unless, unless we're following Jesus, okay? Um, let, me, let me go back to uh, two things, uh, to the to the apostolic gift and, and then, go, then go back to the mercy gift. I'm going to show you the primary weaknesses of both. So here's the primary weakness of the apostolic gift. So the primary weakness of those with this gift is they actually lack mercy and compassion. Okay, so the apostolic person is like, uh, let's, let's uh, advance, let's take the kingdom, this is your calling, this is your identity in Christ, this is how you influence the city and the world. But because you highly value the mission, you can actually be apathetic towards the individual's needs, okay? This is the primary weakness of the, the one with the gift of mercy. Um, it's actually that you lack some of the characteristics of the apostolic. It's because you highly value the healing process, and so you can lose sight of the mission, okay? You kind of get, get myopically focused on someone's needs. And that's, that's the weakness. That's, that's like the, the tendency of the person with the gift of mercy. And the tendency of the person with the gift of, of the apostle is, is to just stay in big picture and forget, like, actually, there's people involved here. <laughs> um, there would be no mission if there's no people. Uh, so we need to take care of people. Jesus shows us how to do both of these together in an awesome way. Um, As I told you, I've been praying for the mercy gift for a number of years, and I really believe that, um, yeah, Jesus has made me, the Spirit has made me more compassionate in certain ways, uh, but a large part of that answer to prayer has come through Missy. Uh, one, of, one of her 
she's definitely gifted more in the mercy, compassion gift uh, than I am. And he's given her to me and me to her to, to balance each other out in, in our giftings here. And, um, and she's taught me a lot in this. Uh, this past week, we were, so on Tuesdays, we have our leadership team meetings uh, by my, or at my house uh, every Tuesday. And uh, Missy and I went to go grab bagels for the meeting. So right around the corner from our house is a place called St. Urbane's. Uh, anybody know St. Urbane's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys like their bagels. Yeah, you're going to come all the way to Midtown for those. They're like, they're the best bagels in the city, a lot of people say. Um, they're pretty good. Uh, so we went around, we went around the corner to, to get these, to get some bagels, and we're in there, and we were just going to get, uh, it was five bucks for half a dozen, uh, which I was like, oh, that's a good deal. I don't know if it's actually a good deal, but <laughs> I was like, yeah, let's, let's do that. Um, and the lady's preparing them, I asked her to get them sliced, and she's like, yeah, we'll slice them, and, and she's like, hey, do you want six more bagels for two more dollars? And I'm like doing the math. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I want six more bagels for two more dollars. That's an awesome deal, you know? And uh, she's like, yeah, okay. So she's, she's slicing them. And I saw this sign that said, if you order a dozen, you get three free bagels, okay? So I was like, hey, do I get three for free as well? She was like, I just gave you six for two dollars. <laughs> she's like, you don't get the deal. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, 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 no. I get it. No problem. No problem. Um, so we're, we check out, and, and she has a, she, our, our bagels are in a plastic bag, and she brings up a paper bag, and she's like, here's three more, just for you, just for today. <laughs> and she's like, just for today. And so I'm like, oh, it's awesome. So we came out with 15 bagels, right? <laughs> yeah. We went in for six here with 15. Um, and I'm like excited. Uh, like, who, I, who doesn't love getting free stuff? Okay, no one raised their hand. That's good. All of us love getting free stuff. So we, we're walking out, and you got to know this. There's a homeless guy that has been in our neighborhood for the past, since we've lived there, almost four years. We see him probably, probably every summer. We don't really see him in the winter. But every summer he's sleeping, he's sleeping in this little nook in the storefronts. There's like this little like utility door. He's sleeping in there, or he's, like, just sleeping on the sidewalk, and he's a young guy. He's, I mean, he looks older than he is, I'm pretty sure, but he's, he's um, I don't know, he may be 30, maybe. He's, uh, I'm pretty sure he's younger than, than I am, uh, and he's been there for four years, and every summer out there, um, to, the, to the point where, like, at first, I, I noticed him. This is the God giving me the compassion gift. I noticed him when I saw him, and whenever I'd, I was with the girls, we'd always go buy him a meal. So we'd, we'd go get, like, there's tons of pizza plate. We'd go get pizza and a drink. We'd ask him what he wants to drink. We'd, we'd get that. We'd bring him a meal, and um, we'd chat for a bit, and then, and then we'd go. Um, so, so just a little context there. So today, I'm, like, super excited walking out of the bagel bagel place, St. Urbane's, three, three free bagels, six for two bucks, right? Really, really awesome deal. And uh, we walk right past the guy. I didn't, I didn't notice him um, because this is what I'm thinking. Within five seconds, 
it takes, he was right there by the door. So this is within a maybe not even five seconds, a matter of three seconds. I'm like, we got three free bagels. I'm thinking about what we can do with those. I'm thinking about how much money we just saved and what we can do with that money. And then, and then what that's, like, I'm thinking five years down the road, like, what, what that money's going to go towards. Like, I saved, like, I don't know, 70 cents, right? Who knows, like, a buck 50. And Missy stops us, and she's like, let's give the bagels to him. And me, I didn't even notice it because I'm thinking way into the future, like, big picture. What, what can I do with a buck 70? <laughs> <laughs> it's a big picture right there. Um, and Missy stopped, and she's like, let's give him the bagels. <clears throat> and so uh, she didn't see this at, at the time. It was almost like she punched me in the stomach. Because, like, I had all these dreams, right? <laughs> and I was like, ah! Oh! But what she, show, she showed me exactly at the right time what the right thing to do was. And it was nothing. Like, it was bagels. Here you go. He was sleeping. So, like, I set them down, and I, like, crunch the bag a little bit to wake him up, <laughs> just so he knew there was food there. I'm like, hey, and he's like, hey, he's like, hey, man. And uh, we gave him the bagels, and, and, um, and that was it. And then, and then we, we walked off. But that's uh, the apostolic with the mercy gifting, and, and the mercy gifting showing the apostolic gifting actually what, what matters at, at that time. And this is what the church is supposed to be, a combination of these two things. This is what we're supposed to be as followers of Christ. This is, this is Jesus as he epitomizes this. This is like his left hand and his right hand, okay? Now, he can't operate as an apostle without operating in mercy. And he can operate in compassion and mercy without being apostolic. He does, two, he does these two things perfectly, and this is what he's given to us as the church, to do them perfectly with, okay? He's given us these two things. And Jesus, a, like I said, he, he epitomizes these things, and the church is supposed to, is supposed to walk in these things. Like, so, so what we want for you this morning is for you to realize if you're apostolic, then you're supposed to help the church in this way. Like, God has given you these giftings in order to give them to the church. If you're gifted with mercy, God has given you this, this mercy and this compassion in order, to, in order to give it to the church and, and show the church how to live in this. Okay, that's what Jesus is, is doing for us here. And so I shared a little bit of this when I talked at the girls' school a couple of weeks ago. And I, I shared with them that... Uh, that these things, both of these giftings were, and I didn't use the apostolic with, it was a bunch of kids, so I didn't like necessarily use that, but we talked about compassion. And, uh, and here's the thing, um, you might be thinking, why would, why would, we want, why would I want those giftings? Because they're high-risk gifts, right? Those are very high-risk giftings. The person who's apostolically gifted, they risk losing a lot in order to gain through multiplication. They, they risk losing and sac they sacrifice themselves in order to see kingdom gain. That's, that's what the apostolic does. You see that all through the scriptures. I mean, Jesus, his, his example in chapter 3, this is exactly what Jesus does. It's a selfless, it's a selfless gifting uh, where he gives of himself for the kingdom. Okay? Um, 
And then the mercy gifting, another high-risk gift, the person who's gifted in mercy, they're constantly um, giving of themselves to help others in their time of need, even at the expense of themselves, okay? Even when they themselves are in need, they see people in need and they just, they just want to help. They just want to be there for them. They just want to want to um, help them out. So these are, so for the mercy gifting, these are the questions for you. Um, if you're gifted in the mercy gifting, are you patient? Are you patient and compassionate toward those who are hurting? And you might be gifted in, in mercy. Um, second one, yeah. Do you empathize with others in their trials and suffering? And you, you might be thinking, oh, these seem pretty, pretty basic. We should be compassionate. Uh, but remember, you have an extra dose of this. Here's, here's where it gets a little bit more um, particular. Can you quickly discern when somebody is not doing well? Okay. Uh, and the fourth one, are you a good listener that wants to be there for others? Okay, the person who's gifted in this way in, in mercy, in the mercy gift, in the gift of compassion, does, does these four things. And if that's you, Jesus has gifted you that for the church. But, like I said, it's a high-risk gift, uh, which I've, since I've been praying for it for the past whatever years, um, uh, it's, it's hard. It's hard to empathize with others because you actually feel their suffering and feel their pain. You know, compassion, this word actually uh, in the Latin literally means to suffer with, okay? Um, you're sharing in somebody's sufferings and you're suffering with somebody. Like, who would, who would want that? Why, why would we want that? And that's because when you live out in this gifting, in the mercy gift, when you're compassionate on others, when you share in others' sufferings, you do what Jesus did for you, for others. And you show others the love of Jesus. And so when you're living out in this gifting, you're actually showing others who Jesus is. And then the apostolic gifting, you're doing the same thing. He did, he gave of himself selflessly for us. Um, and when we live out in that gifting and, and, and uh, show others their their calling and their identity in Christ and their destiny in Christ and how they can influence the city and the world, we actually show them who Jesus is because Jesus did it for us and we get to do it for other people. You know, Jesus, uh, there's two instances in the Gospels where Jesus weeps, okay, where he shows genuine, where we see him show genuine empathy and sympathy and understanding and compassion. Uh, one of those, you guys, you guys probably all know, or a lot of you know, is the shortest verse in the Bible. It's uh, Jesus wept. And I believe in both of these instances, Jesus shows uh, us an example of not just mercy, but he shows us apostolic mercy and what that looks like, the combination of these two gifts. So in the first one, it's this, this passage, this scene where, where one of Jesus' close friends has just died. Okay, his, his name is Lazarus. And what ends up happening is uh, Jesus gets a message that his friend is dying, but Jesus doesn't go see him right away. He waits a few days. So when he arrives on the scene in this next town, everyone doesn't know how to treat Jesus. They're actually a little angry, but then they're upset because Lazarus has died. And they're like, Jesus, if you would have been here, 
he would still be alive. And everyone's weeping and mourning, but Jesus knows what he's about to do. He knows he's about to raise this guy from the grave. He's about to raise him from the dead. So this pat, when it says Jesus wept in the middle of this, he's not weeping because, he's not weeping for the same reason they're weeping. He's not sad that Lazarus is gone because he knows in a matter of minutes he's going to call Lazarus out from the grave. He's going to be back. He's weeping because he's sharing in their suffering. He's weeping because he has understanding what they're going through, and he's, and he's compassion on them. And he's like, you guys don't need to weep. You guys do not need to mourn this way because I am the resurrection. I am the life. And now you're about to see what that looks like. And he does this amazing thing. He just calls him out of the grave, and Lazarus comes out. And, um, and it's just this amazing scene. And Jesus shows us what apostolic mercy looks like. And in the second passage, it's, uh, so that's John 11. The second passage is Luke 19. And this is, Jesus has uh, been through three years of ministry. He's approaching Jerusalem, uh, his death. And he's coming into Jerusalem and he's riding on this donkey, and everybody is cheering his name. Everybody is celebrating Jesus. Now, Jesus knows what's going to happen, right? He knows everyone's celebrating him today, but tomorrow they want to crucify him. So he's, everyone's celebrating him. They're calling him the king. They're calling him the savior. They're saying, hallelujah, this is the king. He's come to save us. Hosanna, they're recognizing who, who he is without even realizing what they're doing. They're, they are recognizing who he is. And Jesus comes into Jerusalem, and he has this vision of the city. And it says in, in Luke 19 that he sees the city in ruins because 40 years down the road, the Romans are going to come in and destroy the temple. They're going to destroy Jerusalem. Hundreds of thousands, if not millions of, of Jews die through that through that destruction. Um, and Jesus sees that, and he weeps over the city because of that. And this is apostolic mercy. And Jesus is saying, this is what we need to have as a, as a church. We see the combination of that in Hebrews 3 and Hebrews 4. This is how we, how we live out before our city as a church, as a body of believers. Uh, this is why um, it's important for us if we're going to be, if we're going to take the apostolic and the mercy gifting to see our city through the eyes of God, it's important for us to have the heart of God for our city. It's important for us to pray for that. It's important for us to say, God, give me your eyes. Let me see the city as you see it. Give me, give me your heart. Let me have the heart that you have for our city. This is why uh, we need to see St. Jamestown and why we're engaging that community because there's a whole city block of at least 25,000 people just in that city block right over here who need mercy and compassion and need those things from Christ, who need vision, who need to be activated in their calling, who need this apostolic mercy. And we have the opportunity to do that. This is why Seth, who leads our local engagement, this is why we've been prayer walking the community throughout the summer. This is why uh, just this past... Um, Thursday or Wednesday, Seth and I prayed over the community. And this is why we're going to do it every week from here on out, because we want God to give not just Seth and I eyes to see this community as he sees it, 
but so that we can lead the church in seeing the community as, as God sees it, so that we can have and live out this gifting of the apostolic mercy and the combination of these gifts, okay? And now you might be saying, that's, that's hard for me. I'm, I'm neither apostolic nor very compassionate. Um, what, does that, what does that look like for me? Um, you know, it's, it's funny, my girls, my five-year-old and six-year-old, they're naturally compassionate. They're just, yeah, they didn't get that from me. <laughs> uh, but they're just naturally compassionate. They, they have a view towards others. They see others in need, and they want to help. Um, they probably get a lot of it from, from Missy. Um, and some people are just naturally gifted that way. Some people are just naturally gifted to see the bigger picture and to rally people behind and, and to push people forward. Um, and we have those in, in the church, but some of us are actually supernaturally gifted in that way. Some of us have been gifted with the mercy gift and with the apostolic gifting, and we get to teach the church how to do that. And I actually believe that all of us have an element of both of these through the Spirit. And I believe this because in the Gospels, Jesus says this phrase, over and over again. He says, when he talks about being a disciple of Jesus, of himself, he says, you need to take up your cross daily. And he repeats that. And at the time when he says it, people probably have no idea what he's talking about. Because no one knows the cross is in his future. He knows it is, but nobody else does. So he says it early on to his disciples. He says, you need to take up your cross daily. It's funny, they're kind of like, okay, but they're probably like, what is that crazy guy talking about? Like, the cross is a symbol of punishment and suffering, and, uh, and why would we want that? It's dying for, for, for something. Uh, and Jesus, Jesus takes that image, and he starts to redefine it throughout his ministry. And he says, when you take up your cross daily, then you're following me. And then you're experiencing what it means to be compassionate on others because you're giving of yourself. Then you realize what it means to be apostolic because you're giving of yourself for the kingdom. And so when Jesus says that, and when he, because when you look at the cross, it's the ultimate act of compassion, of mercy, but it's also the ultimate act of Jesus as the apostle, as Hebrews calls him, as our apostle as the one who showed us what it means to truly live for the kingdom, as the one who showed us what it truly means to give yourself away, to give of your own life for the kingdom, not just in an apostolic way where you might be too focused on the mission and forget the individuals, but in an apostolic, mercy-filled way where you are living out the mission and pushing people towards the mission because you care about the people. That's why Paul says, uh, when he's talking about his apostleship, in Galatians chapter 2, he's saying, I'm an apostle called the Gentiles. The church sent me out to reach these people. And they told me to remember the poor as I do this. And he says this in Galatians chapter 2, verse 10. He says, and that was the very thing I was most eager to do. So as you live out in your apostolic gifting, if that's you, don't forget about the poor. Don't forget about those who are in need. As you live out your mercy gifting, don't forget about the larger mission. These things go together. That's the beauty of the church. And if you're not a follower of Jesus today, 
Jesus wants to give you those things. He wants you to see your calling. He wants you to see your confession. He wants you to see your identity in him. And he wants to have compassion on you. That's cross, the ultimate act of compassion. But if you are a follower of Jesus, press into those things. Like those things are yours. You know, like I said, I know what I lack in, in who I am, who, who my, what my personality is, the giftings I might lack. So all I do is ask God for it. I ask God for the apostolic gifting. I thought I lacked a lot in vision. This is like the primary apostolic gift. So I ask God for it. Um, I thought I lacked it in, in compassion and mercy, so I ask God for it. So we can do that. Freely ask God. You have freedom in Christ. And when you begin living out your giftings, like Matthew 13 said, you become confident and comfortable in who you are in Christ. You become the master of this house, of yourself. And there's tremendous freedom in Christ in that. Tremendous freedom. And you begin to live in this, in this freedom in Christ where you know you are living out in your giftings for the glory of, of God's kingdom, exalting Christ's name uh, for the sake of this world, for the sake of others. So uh, let's pray. Father, thank you so much. Thank you that you've given these gifts to the church. Thank you that uh, we don't have to be gifted in everything, but we have some people who are gifted apostolically and they can, they can push us forward. They can, they can show us how to lead. They can, they can help us identify who we are in you and they can show us how to sacrifice for the kingdom. Thank you that we have those gifted in mercy who, who can balance that out for us, the left hand and the right hand, and, and show us what it really means to be compassionate, to have empathy and sympathy and understanding, and to really suffer with those who suffer. So show us how to suffer with our city. You said those, in, in the scripture, you said those who don't know you actually are in a state of suffering. So as we exemplify apostolic mercy as the church, pray that you would draw people to yourself, that they would know you, Jesus, as the one true God. They would know that you were sent for us to display the ultimate act of compassion on the cross. And so, Jesus, we accept that this morning. We love you. Thank you for all this in your name. Amen.